0: available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is a CBC Podcast. Vancouver, we are coming at you. February 28th. 2020. Our live show is going to be held at the Biltmore Cabaret. Tickets are available right now. Doors open at 7. And you're not going to want to miss this because we are sitting down with our new best friend, Maya. She's going to tell us all about the time that she had a horrible head-on car collision that left her in a coma. We'll be touching on avascular necrosis. I don't know what the hell that is. PTSD, osteoarthritis, and, of course, we will also be talking about her upcoming amputation. It's going to be a wonderful night. We can't wait to see your beautiful faces. Again, that is February 28th at the Biltmore Cabaret. Doors open at 7. If you want your tickets, get them now. www.sickboypodcast.com slash shows.
1: Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick. This week, we delve into misconceptions surrounding obesity with our expert guest, Meredith. Let's talk about it.
0: It, Yeah, like, in in a way. It could become, it could definitely become more our area of expertise. Yes, there's always,
2: there's always lots to learn. Yeah. Which I think is a perfect segue <laughs> into what we're going to be talking about today, because um, although we were just talking about our, our, our level of expertise when it comes to audio engineering, uh, we're not talking about that today. Today we're talking to Meredith mm-hmm. about your expertise or your path to expertise mm-hmm. in the world of um, dietitian. <laughs> Dieticianery, diet. What would the... Dietetics.
0: Dietetics. Yes. dietetics. Yes. Ah, dietetics. I find that such an inter- like a an interesting word. Di- Mainly- dietetics, or, yeah, or diet dieticians. Dietetics, because mm. I I always like when <laughs> I I don't know growing up I thought of dietitians, but never heard the word dietetics. So when I had a roommate who was in dietetics, and um, uh, I just find it like really interesting hearing that word now because I'm like, oh, geez, that's a word that you, I never knew about. If you had said dietetics to me uh,
2: before that moment right there where I was looking for the word, yeah, any other moment before, I would have been like, what the fuck's that? Mm-hmm. But you've heard of dietitians. I've heard of before. dianetics I really? like, is that some sort of Scientology or like, where do we, what's, what's going on here? I've gotten I've,
1: that many times.
2: Have you? Mm-hmm. D- and like where people go, Oh shit. Wait, what? She, have- she's one of those. Yeah. And what then I'm is,
1: like, no, not at all. What, what is that.
2: Dianetics? Dianetics is the, it's like, it's like the Scientology book. Mm-hmm. It's like one, one of the Scientology Bibles essentially. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah.
1: I it, don't know anything about that.
2: Apparently it's actually a really good book. <laughs> like I know some people who've read it and have gone, eh, like I actually found it kind of helpful. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, so why don't why don't you uh, explain to Brian and myself mm-hmm. m- more so me, I think, since you lived with a diet diet dietetics dietitian dietitian. <laughs> um, why don't you explain to us what what is a dietitian?
1: Okay. Um, I guess mostly dietitians work in variety of settings, mostly around food and nutrition. Um, so, a lot of dietitians work in hospitals, so if someone's sick and I know you've worked with dietitians Jared, I, yes um, I have, yeah if they're sick, they can help them modify their diet to help them you know feel better or whatever it is that they need, um, but they also work in um, community settings, so they would do policy around food, um, they work in food service, so they create menus and that kind of thing um, so it's really anything to do with food and nutrition around managing treating disease. Um, Is it is it
2: a healthcare profession?
1: It is a healthcare profession, regulated healthcare profession. Okay,
2: yeah. What's the deal with the Canada Food Guide? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is that has it changed? Has it changed? Like I remember when I was a kid, it was like you got you got. Like uh, grain on the bottom, and then like the next level, it was a pyramid. Grain, like milk. But yeah, milk, <laughs> uh, meat, and an orange. Like, I think that's what it was.
1: That's exactly what it was. Uh, it's different now. Oh, yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah. But it's funny
0: because they oh, were always awesome. like, you know, you hear now, like, eat the rainbow, like, get your colorful (laughs) vegetables and stuff, but the, I remember Canada's food guide was, like, displayed as a rainbow, Mm -hmm. except in the rainbow, instead of being, like, colorful fruits and vegetables, that was a piece of it, but, like, it was mostly, like... I got it right here, Bri. Dairy farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the green, I don't know if this is, like, up to
2: date. Let's say, let's see... If this is up to date. It literally is a rainbow. It is. So the green rainbow, you've got your, you've got your apples and your grapes and your melons and your potatoes and (laughs) there's some legumes in there and I think that's broccoli. Okay. And then the yellow part of the rainbow looks like bread, cereal, um,
1: (laughs) crackers. This is definitely not up to date.
2: Okay. And then the blue rainbow is milk, um, yogurt, (laughs) kefir, Kefir? Kefir? I always say kefir. Uh, I
1: never remember how to say it.
2: Kefir. Uh, I think that's
1: right. I think that is right, but I say kefir too.
2: Powdered milk. (laughs) Okay, and then the red, so this is the last color. It's only four colors. Green, yellow, blue, and red is beans, fish, chickens. Uh, That looks like a packet of like aioli or something. (laughs) That's such a broad... And an egg. One egg. (laughs) That's so
0: broad. Beans, (laughs) chicken is that old school
1: that is very yeah so now the canvas food guide um and also you know i'm not that knowledgeable about the food guide (laughs) okay sure sure (laughs) what i know about the food guide um it's now a plate oh okay so uh, last year they changed it. it to a plate so now there's not this like emphasis on serving sizes and all this kind of stuff
0: um, plate. <laughs> you mean there's not this emphasis on what the lobbyists have paid for to be as part yeah, of the right. food guide? Yes. Yeah, yeah uh, that is e- true.
1: There's no dairy, hardly any dairy on the plate anymore. No, yeah. There's it hardly does, any meat on the plate anymore. It
2: does look like there's some sort of yeah. dip on the plate, though. I
1: think like, that's Greek yogurt.
2: Greek yogurt. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I love Greek yogurt. Like, yeah.
1: It's very tasty.
2: So you got your uh, whole grain foods. Uh, you got your make, make water, your drink of choice. Okay, oh. great. Eat your protein foods. Have plenty of vegetables and fruits, and that's that's That's, all they really say on there,
1: yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff if you like dig around the website, um, about like mindful eating and cooking and all that kind of stuff, right? It's really different than it used to be. Mindful
2: eating, like from the in terms of like from a yoga practice, mindful eating, like sitting with an apple and mindfully eating the whole apple
1: i feel like it's probably not quite to that extent right um and i feel as though a lot of the time when we talk about mindful eating it's like make sure you don't eat too much um which is kind of still this prescription or instruction of how we should eat right which isn't exactly in line with the way i think about food right so yeah so this
2: is where this is so Full disclosure, yeah. uh, You and I work together. Mm-hmm. We teach at the same yoga studio. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I've known you now for eight years. Like, yeah, eight or nine years mm-hmm. or so, and um, and we were at a staff party the other night, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a few drinks, and somehow we got on the topic of like what you're studying, mm-hmm. and and you brought up how you were doing a lot of research in like weight bias mm-hmm. in healthcare, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And you start talking about it and I was like, oh wow, this is, this is really challenging a lot of views and viewpoints that I just innately have mm-hmm. about weight.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So one of those viewpoints being oftentimes when I see someone who's overweight,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think to myself, oh man, that's, I'm worried about this person's health. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I want to I hope that they are okay. Yeah. Um and I think you stepped in and you were like Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: so what what is
2: what is weight bias? Yeah. Let's start there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um so really weight bias and in a lot of ways I think when we talk about weight bias, um it almost makes it seem like you, it can be bias against people across the weight spectrum, whereas really I'm talking about like bias towards people who are fat. Right. Um, and I, when I say fat, I don't mean it in a negative way. I use I use it in the way that like the political fat acceptance move movement uses that word. So, fat is just a natural descriptor of body size. Um, and I know not everyone feels that way. And I will also acknowledge that I am not a fat person. I am a thin person. So I use that word in the way that kind of fat people have talked about it mm-hmm. and what I've learned from other fat people from fat people. Um, so really we're talking about bias towards people in larger bodies. Um, you know, they get treated differently. They don't get treated um, the same at the doctor. Um, they often get dismissed at the doctor because, again, people just think, oh, you're unhealthy because you're fat or because you're overweight. Right. Um, and they don't get proper treatment.
0: We've had we've had um, somebody talk to us about, I can't remember who it was, but um, somebody who we were talking about... Um, I'm doing air quotes, obesity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the person was telling us that when (laughs) they go to the doctor, um, they are, the doctor immediately jumps to the fact that Mm -hmm. they are overweight, that that is causing whatever health problem or concern they've Mm -hmm. come in for. Is that what you're talking about? When you, when you say that medical professionals would, might overlook or tend to overlook patients who are overweight?
1: Yeah, that's definitely what I mean. So like, um, there's a story that got got a lot of media traction last year about this woman I think she lived in BC and she was had been feeling really unwell for like years and she kept going to the doctor and being like there's something wrong with me I don't know what it is like I know there's something wrong and they kept just being like lose weight and you'll be fine and then eventually I don't exactly remember how it came about but she went to the doctor and it turned out that she had cancer And she had like hardly any time left to live. Whereas if they had properly diagnosed her when she first went to the doctor, she, I mean, who knows, but she could have potentially been treated and survived. Um, So that's kind of one way that weight bias shows up. And I mean, that's how it shows up in healthcare, but it also, you know, fat people also get hired less, they get paid less. um, You know, they get a lot of stigma from lots of people like, you know, moving around the Through the world as someone in a larger body, you get treated Mm -hmm. kind of shitty Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we've heard, we've even heard on Mm -hmm. the podcast of like, you know, people feeling like they're, they're, they get stared at or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, is this, is this something that you, so this idea of like weight bias, is this something that you, Study as a diet dietitian, dietitian. A, as a dietitian in the study of dietetics. Right.
1: Yes. So we definitely talk about it in dietetics. Um, and that's actually like what I specifically am interested in studying. So I did my master's research on weight bias, um, but specifically in dietetics. So I, for my master's, I did interviews with people in my profession. So students studying dietetics um, who are in larger bodies about right. how they felt about their experiences being a person in a larger body in a profession that talks a lot about healthy weight, and I use that in quotations. Obesity, again in quotations, all those kinds of things. Yeah.
2: So, okay, so uh, I'm trying to figure like where to go. Like, yeah, uh, why do you use quotations when you say healthy weight or the word obesity?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, because really, we can't dictate or define a healthy weight based on a number. Because it's going to be different for every single person. Right. Um, and it's, you know, the I- whole idea of healthy weight is based on the body mass index. Which and is, is the
0: BMI bullshit? Yes. Right. The, I'm, the I'm overweight by the BMI and by the body mass index.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's a, 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 I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day and mm-hmm. he was like, I'm, oh, I am obese on the BMI because he's whatever, like five, five, yeah, but like. He's fucking jacked up. Yeah. Like, you know, he weighs like, I don't know, maybe 200 pounds because it's just all muscle. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a, an obese person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On scale. really flawed. Right. But okay. we still use it a lot. And why like, do
2: we use it? Why, like, what's the.
1: Um, I mean, I think it's kind of just embedded into healthcare now. Hmm. Um, like a lot of things are and a lot of it takes time to change it. Um, even though the body mass index was originally created by an insurance company um, and a statistician, it wasn't invented by a health oh, really? provider. Why, what's, yeah.
2: why? Why, why?
1: Well, it was about, you know, to look at statistically, how do different groups of people based on their weight, how does that how how does that impact their health and then how might that impact the amount of insurance that we charge, like how much we charge them for insurance.
2: Oh, Um, wow.
1: And so it was never meant to be an individual thing. It was always supposed to be about a population kind of index, but now we use it individually in a way that doesn't really make sense.
0: Now, are there better ways to measure um, what would maybe be a healthy weight? (laughs) It's hard to navigate this conversation. No,
1: I, it's, it's, very different from most, what most people think about weight, like the weight, what I usually talk about. So, um, I don't think there's really a benefit to trying to quantify healthy weight with a number, um, because it's going to be so different for everybody. Right. Yeah. And so like in research, we talk about something called set point weight, um, that is kind of, everybody has a natural weight where their body likes to be. When you're kind of living your life, eating in a way that makes you feel good, moving your body a bit, you know, not super stressed out, etc. Your body yeah. kind of wants to settle there. Yeah, and I feel
2: like, like my set point weight mm-hmm. would be like 145. Yeah. Like 145 pounds and I'm five nine. Mm-hmm. And like if I'm not trying to do anything, yeah. that's just where, where I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not getting sick, mm-hmm. that's where I stay.
1: Yeah. Whereas I, if, I,
2: if I get really sick, I'll, dro- I'll drop like drastically. Yeah. Or if I... Well, I, I can't really gain weight. So like gaining weight is like v- extremely challenging for me, but also that's, I'm a very, a bit of a unique.
1: Yeah. M- you individual. have a chronic illness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Which prevents me from gaining weight. Yeah. But again, everyone's different.
1: Everyone is different. <laughs> right, yeah. right, And like everybody, yeah. So you can't really quantify it. And I think people, you know, if you, if everybody who was listening thinks about a time in their life when they weren't dieting and trying to lose weight and just like live in their life, they probably settled at a place that will be the same every time that happens. So like if, Mm. you know, although it does change over time, most people tend to get a bit bigger as they get older. And that's fine. Um, But yeah, if you think about a time when you weren't dieting, you were just living your life, enjoying food, moving your body in ways you liked, your body probably settled at a point that was easy to stay there. Okay. And that's kind of how I think about it is like, that's healthy weight for you. But it's hard, you can't quantify that. There's no equation. Right. To tell us what that is. Because that yeah.
2: may in a in a in a female who's five eight mm-hmm. who happens to also weigh two hundred pounds mm-hmm. and that's like where they just kinda settle into. Yeah. That that that's just their like set weight point. Exactly.
1: Is it, yeah. is. But like
2: someone might look at that and go, "Oh, well you're just fucking eating McDonald's every day." Exactly. Like, well, like yeah. so
0: what do you like what obviously are you doing you're not wrong? obviously you're not moving your body. Mm-hmm. My question though about about um, eating habits mm-hmm. and or not just eating habits, but about um, like living a healthy life. Yeah. Is it what is is your message about what is important the fact that you're basically, you know, getting adequate adequate sleep, mm-hmm. um, eating a a a healthy diet that is the plate version of the Canada, Canada's Food Guide, not the rainbow version, <laughs> um, getting adequate exercise or or moving in a way, as you said, mm-hmm. um, that makes you happier, that you mm-hmm. enjoy. Is that more so what you're saying is is important rather than, you know, we don't need to to weigh a certain amount mm-hmm. in terms of a number. We don't need to look a certain way as long as we're doing these things that make us <laughs> <coughs> quote unquote healthy, healthy. Yeah. then that's what's really important.
1: Yeah. So like, I think as health, like as a future healthcare provider, cause I will say that I'm a still a student, um, that it's important to focus on those like health promoting behaviors. So eating in a way that feels good, eating intuitively. So kind of being aware of hunger and fullness, eating things you like, that's important. Um, moving in ways that are good, you know, reducing your stress, all that kind of stuff.
2: But what if you um, like candy and, and okay. Diet Coke?
1: That is okay,
2: and and like like ten Diet Cokes a day, mm-hmm. that's okay.
1: I yeah.
0: Okay, so this so here's the point where I feel like this gets divisive. Because mm-hmm. I, I, well, I, I was going to ask a question about that specifically. Yeah, in, in, in saying like you say that's okay, but is like is the reason that you like candy because sugar is a drug that is by all accounts, um, been shown to have the same impact on the brain as, you know, co- doing cocaine.
1: Hmm. So, I, I do not agree with that, Okay. we can talk so, about that. But yeah. it is oh, yeah, this is yeah. good. Okay, so, I like
0: this. I like yeah. this. Right. So I'm interested in that then. So yeah. from like, my perspective, don't we, don't as
1: we not, know,
2: don't we know that like, okay, like it, it, isn't there like concrete evidence that, that, um, that, Mountain Dew is not good for you?
1: There is, I mean, there is evidence around like general healthy eating patterns. Like, it's basically good for most people, unless they have some sort of illness that limits that, to eat more vegetables and fruits.
2: Right. Yeah. To
1: drink less alcohol, not smoke like do exercise sometimes, like those things are pretty much good for everybody. Those are good.
2: Those are like just... Most of the time. Most of the time those are good things. But there's
1: nothing objectively wrong with eating cake, eating an Oreo, drinking pop sometimes. Sure.
2: Um, But is there something objectively wrong with, with doing that all of the time?
1: I mean... I think most people probably would find if they eat like that all the time, they wouldn't feel that great.
2: Right, sure. For
1: most people. And so what I always, you know, encourage is like this model called intuitive eating, where you pay attention to your body's cues, which Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. You know, you're a yoga teacher, you're a yoga teacher, kind of like this body awareness of like how do you feel when you're eating in this way versus this way. Yeah. Um, and most people would find that. They feel better if they're eating a variety of foods, and mm-hmm. that can incorporate candy and stuff. I
0: have a I have a question yeah. specifically about that it makes because, that makes sense um, to me. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, yeah,
0: it makes sense to me too. But I'm curious if um, so. For example, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I was not taking care of myself mm-hmm. um, in in terms of like getting enough sleep,
1: mm-hmm.
0: eating well. <laughs> Quote, I'm unquote. enjoying the Koto code, uh, code. Yeah, it's good. Um and exercising. Mm-hmm. And I made a um I made a conscious decision to be better at those mm-hmm. three things. And I noticed that in terms of my mental health, there was a significantly positive change mm-hmm. that happened. And I'm <laughs> in in based on what you said, I'm I'm wondering if that is the effect of me consciously changing those things and then (laughs) mentally thinking that it's going to make a positive difference. So Mm -hmm. because I mentally believe that it will make a positive difference, it does almost as if it's a placebo effect Mm -hmm. or are those just three healthy things that I'm doing that are causing me to experience healthy, positive benefits because those scientifically are healthy things to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the most part, those are good behaviors to incorporate. Um, like most people would feel well if they're doing those things. Um, but I also think it's always, for me, it's always important too to underline the fact that like if someone doesn't have the capacity or just doesn't have the interest in engaging in those behaviors, that's fine too. Um, because there's nothing wrong and there's no, you're not a good person if you engage in those things and you're not a bad person if you don't. Right. Um, there, you know. <coughs> If, if you don't engage in those behaviors you're still good and you still deserve respect and you still deserve proper health care hundred percent yeah. for yeah. sure
2: um, uh, yes I yeah. fully agree with that mm. um, but uh, and I think I'm I hate saying my, but I' am nodding I, my head as I, well I hate saying way. but but um is it is it not is it not correct to say that um, okay, I know someone, mm-hmm. I, I personally know someone yeah. who, um, when they have coffee, which mm-hmm. they have coffee about two or three times a day, mm-hmm. so a cup of coffee, in one cup of coffee, um, they will, uh, they will scoop 10 full tablespoons mm-hmm. of sugar. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> no, they do. Yeah. Mm. And, and it, and, um, and I get it, because I get what that, it's like, you're basically making a an island yeah, in your yeah, 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 totally totally, totally but it, it's also like it's, it's like a, you know it's like a french vanilla that's not a french vanilla like that's i think that's what that's what's going on there cuz i can I, I i i like sweet things i, I sweet. i love sweet but things but that's a lot of sugar that's for me. a lot of sugar yeah. okay so now wh- this person does this mm-hmm. and and it, so is it not is it not just like scientifically proven that if someone does that every day, they are increasing their risk of, say, diabetes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is evidence um, about, like, increased added sugar consumption and increased risk of chronic something health stuff. Yeah, something. Um, but you actually have to eat quite a lot of sugar for those impacts to be seen. I can't remember the exact amounts, but it's quite a bit. Ten, ten tablespoons. It's, that's a lot of sugar. It's a lot. And, like, for... You know, if that person was sitting in front of me and I was talking to them, I would probably talk to them about how that makes them feel. That's what I care about. It's like, are you really feeling great if you're eating, if you're drinking coffee with that much sugar in it? Like, how do you feel after you drink it? Are you all shaky? And, you know, because that's what I'm interested in. Like, how do people feel and how can we talk about gentle changes to their life that will improve the way they feel without feeling... Like they're bad, or
2: they're wrong, or, or that they're bad or wrong. They're right. doing
1: that; they were doing something wrong before because okay. they weren't right. But maybe they weren't doing things that were the best thing to promote their health. Okay, maybe.
2: Okay, so yeah. I think I'm starting to wrap my head around where you're coming from. Yeah, which is like it's 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 less about what is actually occurring and more about the language that's being used mm-hmm. to uh, approach or mm-hmm. or examine mm-hmm. what's currently happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it
2: sounds like almost like um, but I feel like part of me is like, but Meredith, I want you to say it's bad like, because <laughs> in my head, I'm so like well, when, I, get, when I saw yeah. him doing this, I went, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is not good. But it's, yeah. he was like, well, I don't know. Well, because
1: like we're so trained to think that like if you're in a large body, you're doing something wrong, you're lazy and you need to eat less. And we're so trained to think that like if all you do is eat Oreos and drink pop, then you're a terrible unhealthy human mm-hmm. um, like that's just so ingrained into our brains mm-hmm. and that it's really hard to untrain that right and it was hard for me especially as someone who is studying nutrition right and yeah. understands the value that nutrition can have in people's lives right. yeah
2: so so would you say that it is problematic to in your opinion mm-hmm. would you think that it's problematic to even you use the word like that is an unhealthy
1: habit I try to avoid using words like healthy and unhealthy, good and bad, because mm-hmm. it's just such a value. Like, there's so much value in that word, and people place so much meaning right. behind it.
2: And shame comes from that, yeah, and, and sure. embarrassment, or you know, or self
1: flagellation yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is the problem though? Is the problem more cultural? I, I'm just gonna, though? I'm just gonna um, because yeah,
2: mind. it's a Red, Red Bull. Bull that I just opened because now I feel, I feel. Uh, validated. Val- it, yeah. yeah. I feel like this is a, I need this right now. I'm intuitively drinking this
0: very sugary Red Bull. So is the problem, um, more of a cultural one than a scientific one?
1: I, I think so. And I, I mean, cause I it's think, the,
0: I, I, and, and to elaborate on that a yeah. little bit, um, we live in a, in a culture and a society that is, um, I, I believe now even more than ever is focused on like this idea of like optimization and mm-hmm. success and like here's how you be the best version of yourself. And and I like I thrive on a lot of mm. that and I buy into a lot of that. And you know, I'm the type of person who I'm very conscientious about what I eat. I'm very conscientious about getting enough exercise. And I do believe that I feel motivated and better and fulfilled when I'm when I stick mm-hmm. to a, a more tight or regimented mm-hmm. like Eating routine or sleeping routine or gym routine. Um, but like when I boil that all down and think about what it is that makes me feel better about all of that is mm-hmm. because it's because I buy into this societal cultural idea that you got to be the best version of yourself. And yeah. I'm not saying that like you, I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to say that that's a good or bad thing, mm-hmm. it just is the way that, you know, I've kind of chosen to live my life at this point. Yeah. And it's fulfilling for me to do that because I feel like I can get the most out of, you know, my day in terms of like doing all of these different jobs and tasks and getting everything done. And it feels good to tick those boxes and get everything done. But is it that ultimately this is just some cultural idea that we've created and scientifically you can still be quote unquote healthy. If you don't subscribe to that?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because really, we live in this culture, like we live in a fat phobic culture that's really fearful of being fat, of fat people, of fatness in general. And I mean, we live in diet culture where like people are very obsessed with controlling what they eat um, in order to be in a certain size body um, because we are so the idea that thinness is healthier is so embedded in us that it's really hard to get away from that. So it's really mm. like a social cultural issue. Um, and yeah, there's nothing wrong at all with engaging in things that make you feel good. Um, like if you want to eat vegetables cause that's good for you, then great. Um, but there's also, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't do that all the time or if you don't, you know, optimize your health constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a podcast that I, I really like listening to called Food Psych. Um, and the host, her name's Christy Harrison. She um, often says self-care, not self-control. So when we're using, when we're um, approaching behaviors from a place of just caring for ourselves, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably going to be more health promoting than trying to control everything you do and trying to control your body, trying to control everything you put in your mouth. Um in the end, that is going to be more healthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I guess when I when I like psychoanalyze myself and ask myself like why why do I want to live my life that way it it comes from being like growing up as an athlete, yeah, and um, always setting goals and trying to accomplish them and mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the communities that I'm involved in I think a lot of people think that way, but I I think the thing that I'm I'm finding most interesting about this conversation the thing that I'm taking away from it so far is that be considerate about people who might not have been raised thinking that way or and that or, mentality I mean not even that Brian like even just be
2: considerate about what what, what uh, the idea or concept of living your best life means to other that,
0: people that's, that's exactly what you that's what, what I, mean? I meant like, mm-hmm. like my,
2: my idea of like living my best self although I did what was an athlete coming up as a kid I, I was also a fucking drama nerd. And like, so if, if I could just, I'm trying to get as much role playing fucking video games and, and board games in my life Mm -hmm. because that satiates me to like, to live out this whatever imaginary fucking world that, and like, that's my, that's me in my most like thriving, happy self. Um, or storytelling you know stuff like this like mm-hmm. having conversations you know but
0: but I mean that in more so in the sense that like it's okay for me to do to live my life um, wanting to like a fucking bro <laughs> yeah totally yeah, but do it, you feel <laughs>
1: good about the way that you're living your life
0: I feel way better now than I did a couple of years yeah. ago Right, and, and I feel like it, it's from having this like routine that is uh, if I again if I psychoanalyze myself is because you know that's the way that I was brought up, the so way you right. tick, right? Yeah. And, that, yeah. and and but what I'm saying is that it's okay for people to be like me. It's okay for people to be like you. It's okay yeah. for people to mm-hmm. be like you, as long as you're happy and enjoying yourself while you're doing that. And I do believe like taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking at it in a different way than I think I would have. Right. you know half an hour ago
1: yeah and I think the whole idea of mm. taking care of yourself is also very like moralized like people think of it as like oh that person let themselves go oh that person's not taking care of themselves and like maybe they are and maybe they aren't but we, one, just, we just don't know that from looking at somebody, an interesting right, right, from right. the visual
0: yeah. aspect yeah. but an interesting, yeah. an interesting an right. interesting thing about taking care of yourself. And another thing that I learned this week, mm-hmm. um, actually through, through reading a book and, and on Twitter, was um, we met this uh, incredible author uh, at an event that Jared and I were hosting last week um, called CanNet. It was CanNet's public forum, the Cardiac Arrhythmia Network in, mm. of Canada. And, and uh, there's a, a line from her book um, that basically says self-care is not about taking bubble baths it's about being kind to yourself mm. and I was reading her book and re- read that line while I was sitting in the bathtub and I was like, this is my self-care get in the bathtub and read a book mm-hmm. but then I was like, holy fuck, I should actually be thinking more consciously about being kind to myself mm-hmm. while I'm sitting here rather than reading a book and taking a bath to wash away the many, like negative yeah, feelings yeah, yeah. that I have yeah. right now you know, totally. I think it's about being more compassionate
2: Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America dissected available on all major podcast platforms so i'm I'm guessing, and I think we did discuss this briefly when we were over beers yeah um was this this train of thought
1: mm-hmm.
2: is a bit divisive even in the world of dietetics yes um uh. What it like? What is the kind of blowback that you've mm-hmm. seen or heard
1: mm-hmm.
2: with this school of thought mm-hmm. versus the I don't know, like what what is the other schools of thought? Like BMI is the way to go, mm-hmm. and like you know, um,
1: yeah. So the, really, right now, like, and not just in dietetics, just in healthcare, sure. Um, there is a lot of discussion about how obesity, and again, I put this in quotations, um, is a disease that needs to be treated. Um, Because it's associated with all these negative health outcomes, Um, which, yes, if you look at the data, larger people in larger bodies, if, you know, on the BMI spectrum, obese people, there's a correlation, there's a relationship with negative health outcomes in those people. Right. Um, But we don't have any research to suggest that um, being in a larger body causes those things. We don't know. That being in a larger body causes you to have diabetes or causes you to have heart disease. We just know that there's a relationship between those things. Isn't that there's some but, sort of correlation? Yeah. Now, is wet it, and now is it
0: that it it, it's too broad though in in terms of like what would be determined to be obese though? Because like if there was a person who was say, and I know you don't like using numbers, but say yeah. there was a there was a group of people who were all 500 plus pounds, mm-hmm. is that not? like a reason or cause for concern or a reason to think that those people will experience negative health outcomes?
1: So I think the important thing to think about with that question is that even if in a theoretical world being obese in quotations was, we could prove that it caused you to have negative health outcomes. We don't really have any good research about how to make people smaller permanently. Like we know that dieting doesn't work. We know that restricting your food doesn't work long-term to make people lose weight permanently. Um, Like the most likely outcome of trying to diet and make yourself smaller is yo-yo dieting, which I think a lot of people are familiar with that, of like lose weight, you gain weight. You lose weight, you gain weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people who attempt weight loss, that's that's what's going to happen to them. Because um, it's very hard for your body to become smaller and stay that <clears throat> that size forever. Because mm-hmm. our bodies have a lot of adaptive mechanisms of being like, "Fuck this! I don't want to be this size. I like like again set point weight."
2: Right. There, that, that's what my mind immediately mm-hmm. came to yeah. when we started touching on this. Was mm-hmm. like, "Well, let's come back to that idea of set set point weight." Right. Yeah. Like, I think it's just really it's just a really complex.
1: It's extremely set complex. of factors that you yeah. have.
2: You've got the person who, for whatever genetic reason, they actually happen to sit at. Let's say, let's use the word five hundred that you just used, Bryce. Mm-hmm. So, so they they're set. it's five hundred? Mm-hmm. And they're there because of like genetic factors. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, th- this other person to the right, they're at five hundred, and the reason that they might be there is because they've chosen to like just eat pizza. It's mm. Papa John, so Papa John has eaten you know, forty pizzas in thirty days, or whatever. The, yeah, the, lots
0: this, of pizza. This, this was in
2: the news the other day that he did, that he said that he did this, and oh, then and then it came I out. And he, that. he came out and he was like, no, "I didn't actually." Papa John, like, Papa John's got some uh, controversial stuff. I feel like Dennis today.
0: eats forty pizzas in thirty
2: days. He <laughs> might, right? He might, and it's that point where it is uh, the same as mine, the same yeah. as yours. <laughs> um, uh, so so you might have someone who who just like who actually um chooses to live a lifestyle mm. that that. Uh, has brought them to that point. Yeah. Um, now, the person with the set point weight, I, I mean, I don't know. This is full on, like, mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that the chances of them developing diabetes or, or heart disease might be lower than the person who is putting a lot of, like, toxic mm-hmm. choices of food into their body.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, but like, Yeah, I mean, if someone is above their set point weight for whatever reason, could be lots of things. Mm. um, If they engage in those health behaviors that we were talking about earlier, it's possible that they could lose weight and maintain that lower weight. Right. But it's not through like intentionally dieting that they would do that. It's just like if you engage in self-care, sometimes you might lose weight through that if you're above your set point weight. Maybe. Maybe right okay. we but we don't really ever know like cuz weight is so complicated and right. we make we try to make it seem so simple and i think healthcare is trying to move away from that idea of like weight loss is just calories in calories mm. out they're they're trying to address the fact that weight is complex but they're still relying on, the, on this idea that some weights are like a disease and that right. we need to treat that when right. really it's like how are we how are we supposed to treat someone's weight when we have no way of making people permanently smaller, but we do have effective ways of treating diabetes and heart disease and knee pain and whatever in people of various sizes. So regardless of someone's body size, we can still treat whatever's going on for them right? in mm. the same kind of way. Um, and those health behaviors again can always come into play mm-hmm. and, you know, help people feel better in whatever way they need to. Mm-hmm. If, they have the capacity and they want to and all these things, so it's
0: it's really hard for i'm 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 trying to listen to everything that you say mm-hmm. with a with a really open mind mm-hmm. and like obviously from from where I come from, um I have my own set of personal biases oh
1: yeah, we all do however i do
0: however i w like I will say that i also, I'm very open-minded to like the way mm-hmm. that other people choose to live their lives. Right. Um, for example, I don't like force exercise onto Taylor and Jeremy. Even though I watch what Jared does sometimes, I'm like, dude, I just wish you would come to a Wednesday morning workout with me. Stop trying to promote um, your Wednesday morning workouts on
2: the podcast by <laughs> by pushing it on me. But Ooh, shameless but
0: plug. The reason why I believe so strongly in that stuff and feel like feel like it's really important is because. Um, Exercise for me is about um, it's not about obtaining a certain weight or something like that or or mm-hmm. even necessarily a certain look what it's about is um, for me is it's about community yeah so um, I feel like there's it's so hard it, I guess my question is do you come up a lot of uh, against a lot of like anecdotal evidence where people if you brought that up and said to somebody that you know um you could be perceived to be or you could have a larger body mm-hmm. but still be healthy somebody would say, well you know like I watched the biggest loser and I saw this person get this weight off and they're healthier now than ever and blah blah or like my um, friend's friend lost all of this weight and and they've kept it off for ages so you know that must be the right thing to do yeah is that is that a big challenge?
1: I mean I come across that a lot um, and like statistically that's definitely possible because it's not like a hundred percent of people who attempt weight loss don't fail. Right. It's a pretty high number, but there are some people who lose weight and maintain weight loss for a long period of time. Um, you know, and sometimes I think about like what is their quality of life trying to maintain that weight loss? Um, like are they continuing to engage in like really restrictive behaviors and, you know, excessive exercise and all these kinds of things. And again, that's not the case for everybody who loses weight and maintains weight loss, but it's the case for lots of people. Um, and yeah, I do come up across that quite often. And then when people bring up the Biggest Loser, I'm just like, that show is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. I was, I was actually
2: yeah. at the. Uh, I, I spoke at a conference, and the conference was held on the the like the set of like it's like a it's like a retreat center mm-hmm. where they do that show. Oh, okay. And uh, it was so bizarre because like you would, w- it's it set on this huge hill. And when you're like walking up the hill, there's like these little post signs that like have the the branding of the show on them. And it's like, you know, like y- you're almost there. Like they- these kinds of like markers of like, I guess they were running hills or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. It was such a bizarre place to be. Um, but I've never seen the show. I, I can't
0: comment on it's that. It's
1: terrible. Never watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sure it
0: is. It's, yeah, so I don't mean, watch garbage. So what type anymore. of um, what type of like education do you think the average person needs about body image mm. or um, weight or or yeah, I guess body image that that we don't have right now?
1: I mean, I it's like this huge cultural shift that has to happen because. Like fat phobia, or like fear of fatness, fear of being over- overweight is like embedded in all of us. Like, I have certain amounts of weight stigma and fat phobia in me, even mm-hmm. though I've done all this like learning and unlearning of things. You know, those things still come up into my head sometimes because it's just so yeah. natural and embedded in us. Well, it's not natural, it's socialized, but um, I mean, I think people. There's lots of information out there. I just don't think it's always getting to people um, because most of us grew up thinking that we knew that being thin is good and being fat is bad. Mm. And like we go to the doctor and they support that idea. And we talk to our friend and they're on the keto diet or they're doing beach body. And it's just so... Everywhere, But I am seeing this like kind of cultural shift. I was
2: going to say, you know, yeah. like people like, uh, like Lizzo is one that stands mm-hmm. out um, or, or even our friend Kenzie Brenna, mm-hmm. you know, like people, these like social media influencers who yeah. are, are really promoting like body positivity. And um, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm seeing that shift.
1: It's happening a lot more and it's really encouraging to me. And I also think like in dietetics and in healthcare, um, there are more healthcare providers who are kind of practicing from this more critical place um, and using this model called health at every size. um, That is kind of this paradigm that we can use to approach healthcare Mm. in this, basically in the way that I've been talking about today. It's like um, uh, reducing weight stigma treating people fairly, but then also, you know, promoting those kind of individual healthcare behaviors that we know can benefit people. But a lot of it is, has to be this social shift of like, until we get rid of weight bias and fat phobia, like people are still going to continue to be unhealthy because we know mm. that stigma and bias has negative impacts on people's health. Um,
0: as, as someone who like, now I've said it a bunch of times, but like as someone who is like, you know, always trying to live that healthy version of life, and somebody who is kind of wrapped up in like going to the gym and and um, being conscious about what I I eat. Mm-hmm. What can I do to be more conscientious about not um, um, perpetuating that stigma and and being encouraging problematic kind of Mm -hmm. views. You can stop
2: telling me to come to your fucking Wednesday morning workouts. (laughs) No, because... At the wave, at the bottom of Sackville Street every Wednesday morning at 6.30. (laughs) Is
0: is that... I'm just trying to build a community, guys. (laughs) so (laughs) early. That's (laughs) why I don't go. Very early. But but that's not about body image coming to those workouts. They're meant to be fun (laughs) and inclusive and accessible and stuff too,
2: but... but Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, but yeah, I guess uh, not from Jer, from you, what what can I be doing?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think for, like, People just generally, it's really important for us to be mindful of our language. Yeah. So again, avoiding those words of like good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, Mm -hmm. and even just like diet comments that we make of like, oh, I have to make up for that because I ate a bunch of pizza yesterday. It's like actually, no, you don't. Like you can just keep living your life today, and like it doesn't matter that you ate pizza yesterday, or like you don't have to beat yourself up because you missed a workout, and you don't have to like compensate by eating salad for a week because Christmas happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I think a lot of those, those comments just come out of our mouths because we're so used to it. Of like, I'm being so bad today. Mm. I'm, I am I was so good yesterday. Um, <laughs> and like, what does that even mean? You know, like the, it doesn't dictate how good or bad we are if we eat pizza or if we eat kale salad. Um, and so I think that like our language is so important um, and it's hard. Like I even find myself, making comments like that sometimes and i'm like what the fuck why did you just say that yeah um but it's so ingrained in us like so i hear those comments from everybody Mm -hmm. and so i think just starting to be mindful of those kinds of things you say um and like you know at the beginning of this conversation jared like you kind of saying like when you see someone who's overweight you think i you know i hope they're okay i you know you almost worry about their health and just being aware when those things come into your head yeah and like being like wait a second is that right like maybe it's not. Um, So I think, you know, on an individual level, it's just like being extremely aware of your thoughts, what comes out of your mouth. And like, even if you're, you know, in a conversation with someone and you're noticing those things coming out of their mouths, like maybe having a chat about that if you feel comfortable about it. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, people people will appreciate that because you never know, like for me, I think about it, this is like when someone says those like diety comments of like I need to make up for this or I was so bad yesterday, you never know who was around, who's like struggling with a dis- eating eating disorder, or, like disordered eating, or trying to recover from that, um, or is just really impacted by those comments. Like they seem so innocent, but they really aren't. They can mm-hmm. really have an impact on people. So yeah, just being really mindful. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Is this um is this a problem that primarily exists in in North America?
1: I mean, I think it's unfortunately becoming more common. Um, But I was just talking to somebody about this today is like, you know, I think we have this idea that the whole, you know, thin is good, fat is bad is just kind of ingrained and natural when like really it's very socially constructed as like historically fat being fat was good. It was like an indication of like affluence and wealth and, you know, all these things. And really and it
0: still is in some parts in of the some world. Some parts
1: of the world, exactly. Um, so I think that's further, you know, evidence that this whole obsession with thinness is socially constructed Ooh. and not necessarily based in health or well being.
0: I think the mm-hmm. positive thing too is that you can look to that and 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 see hope for the fact that we can change the way that we look at that as well
1: mm-hmm, for sure and I th- I think it's just it's interesting I find because in some ways I think it's getting better like I see you know positive encouraging things but then I also see this like increased obsession with like keto diet and intermittent fasting and all these things um, and I, I think a lot of it now is like but it's not about weight it's about health But it's still this like very obsessive, restrictive way of approaching. Yeah, but but
2: I don't think I think that's always been there. Oh yeah, it's just been it's just been a different.
1: Been a different diet.
2: It was the paleo thing before that, and then before that it was Weight Watchers, and like it's it it's just shape shifting. Always, yeah, it's just always just morphing into the next fucking thing. Yeah, you know.
1: And so I'm I don't know if it will you know go away in my lifetime, but I do see like positive movement um and i yeah i I am encouraged by what I see like mm-hmm. online and in my profession and in healthcare there's still lots of work to do, yeah about. yeah,
2: yeah well i yeah. yeah, but I mean i I have to say like this has been this conversation has been like um super eye opening for myself mm-hmm. because while we were sitting here chatting, like I'm thinking about moments where something has happened or I've said something. And I'm now realizing how problematic right. those things were, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and I think it's all again just based off of the language that I'm using, yeah. and and because it, I'm ignorant and yeah. I, don't, I don't know, yeah, um, and and if you've
1: never had to think about it, yeah, exactly. Why would you know? Yeah, um, and like you know, all of us in this culture have these biases, including people who work in healthcare. And like it's not their fault, it. But it is their responsibility to work on it. I think, yeah.
2: Do you have Do you have like professors and stuff that look at you and go, "You're you're fucking crazy." Like that's not what this is not. This is not based in truth. This is.
1: Um, I'm really lucky um, at where the university I'm at, where we (coughs) we have several. Um, professors who are really on board with this kind of stuff Mm. um, and really have exposed me to a lot of these things. Um, So, you know, the people that I work with are really supportive Mm -hmm. of this kind of work. Um, And, you know, I I get a lot of support from all the professors that I work with, but I definitely think that it's still pretty contentious because the healthcare still has this I don't know, perspective of like, yes, weight bias is bad. We need to treat people who are in larger bodies better, but also obesity is really terrible and killing people. And we need to take care of that. So there's this kind of, whereas I'm, you know, kind of over here in this other camp where it's like, yes, weight bias is bad, but also Maybe obesity isn't a disease. Maybe right. we don't need
2: to or or we don't know enough to, yeah. to like sit here and, and categorically say like obesity is the problem.
1: Yeah. Like right. maybe the actual issue is like social justice, bias, poor treatment of fat people, et cetera. Mm, and mm-hmm. our and our social obsession with thinness. That right. to me, that's the problem. Mm. It's not obesity. Mm-hmm. Um it's the way that we treat people who are different mm-hmm. than us right yeah
0: fuck man i think it's just as long as you're being kind to one another yeah then you just don't have any problems yeah
2: yeah i mean but but it really like it, it, like not to oversimplify but like i think i think that that th- that's what i'm taking from this conversation is mm-hmm. like we we i personally need mm-hmm. to work on just the language that i use when 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 dealing with this sort of thing or, or in and, and my own language in my head and yeah. seeing that person walk by.
1: Yeah. Cause um, you just have no idea what people are going through and what, yeah. what their life looks like. And, you know, really it's none of our business either.
2: Do you have any recommendations Mm. for, you know, if any, if someone's out there right now listening to this and they're going, fuck, this is blowing my mind. I want, I want to know more. Yeah. Like what kind of uh, resources are out there that people can, can go to? I know you said that food psych by Christy Harrison.
1: Yeah. Great. Really great podcast. There's like 250 episodes. Um, there's, she just also released a book called Anti-Diet um, that's really good and covers a lot of this stuff of, like, the history of diet culture and all the problems with weight science. Um, there's also a book I really like called The Fuck It Diet um, mm-hmm. by Caroline Dooner. That's really good. Um, and kind of, like, the OG book about non-diet approaches to health is called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And there's also a good workbook that people can, like, and work through it. Cool. Um, And then there's another book called Body Respect by Lindo Bacon and Lucy Afremore that covers also some of the science um, behind health at every size, so that paradigm that I mentioned earlier. Cool. Um, And yeah, if I think of anything else, I can probably, because I think I'll probably post something on the website. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put it up in the blog.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Well, Mayor, thanks for this. This is, uh, I... I'm, I'm just sitting here so... Confused about all of the things <laughs> that I've ever thought about, like your whole world flipped upside down and all this yeah. stuff. Because I'm like, now, okay, where did that source come from? Yeah. That information, I'm like, mm-hmm. why do I look at that thing that way? And you know, I heard that everybody should do keto diet because it mm-hmm. gives you all this energy and it's mm-hmm. good for you for all these reasons. But like, like now I'm just—is any
1: of that right? I have no idea. Yeah, and, I'm just, and, I'm just, yeah.
2: and I want—I want to say on that point, Brian. Like, if if you're if you're currently listening to this driving your car from work or to work or doing the dishes or whatever. And you are hearing this and, and you are having a reaction of like, uh, of negativity Mm -hmm. based off of what you heard. Just, just like, just take a breath Mm -hmm. and, and maybe go back and re-listen to this with really open ears and an open heart and just, consider this side of of the of the argument that mm-hmm. you probably haven't ever considered.
0: Yeah. I think I feel yeah. like I've And I, let that digest. I think I feel like um Meredith like you've given me uh, just a new lens to look at things good. with mm-hmm. and um again like I like not using good or bad mm-hmm. it's just another way to look at it another way to be conscientious and consider about the decisions that I make. Mm-hmm. Um but not I think I want to The biggest takeaway is like it's not about the decisions that I make Mm -hmm. and what I do, but more so about how that affects other people Mm -hmm. and um, the way I interact with other people surrounding these types of topics. Because ultimately we can only control what we do as individuals Mm -hmm. and if we all take ownership of our actions and try to be more compassionate more considerate um, and not judge and jump to conclusions, then the world will be a better place. I agree. Fucking and, yeah. mic drop, Brian. Jeez.
1: <laughs> and yeah, if people are listening to this and feeling like really fucking uncomfortable, I am not surprised mm-hmm. um, because it's really different and outside of like the realm of what we think about. And I felt like that for a while too. So right. it's okay. Just like keep thinking about it, listening to other things, reading some stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, no
1: problem. And, this cool.
2: uh, and, yeah, and having this chat with us. And thank you all for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, as we always are, with another fantastic conversation. But in the meantime, uh, do us a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and a review. And when you're done that, go to www.patreon.com slash sickboy and Give us money,
0: yeah. If, you, um, if you're like, if you're the type of person who've listened to like almost all of the Sick Boy you owe episodes, us. And, you owe us at this point. And you don't support us on Patreon. I wasn't going to say you owe
2: no, us. Oh, it's <laughs> bananas. You owe us for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, think about think about how much you paid your Netflix subscription, <laughs> and how much Netflix you don't watch, <laughs> and then think about how much of us you do listen to for free, and then also you think about us. the fact
0: that there's actually more content available. On Patreon, if you do, uh, there is yeah, there.
2: and you'd be paying for that content.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and uh, thanks, to yeah, Donovan thanks, thanks. For, the, for the amazing sound design. Uh, you were here in town last night playing some music, and I didn't get to see you. So if you want to play us out with uh, one of your songs, that would be really amazing. Oh, that'd be fun.
2: Yeah, how about that, Donovan? Um, and uh, and I think that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. How thanks, we the thanks show. to Jamesy too, but. Um, they're not really a oh, band anymore, I, I don't think. Can, can we Are just they?
0: hold on for a second because I wanted to read something that a Patreon,
2: yeah, okay, I'll vamp a little more. Um, <laughs> well, we uh, just, and Donovan, pause. uh, just, just to just to uh let you know how much you mean to us, um, uh, uh I, yeah, I got nothing, I got nothing. Can you hurry up, Ryan? This I'm feeling yeah. a little awkward now. Well, we just cut, we'll
0: just cut right into uh this part where I just all of a sudden. Uh, out of the blue, go hey. So on uh, on Patreon, we have a uh, sub little hashtag thing group area where you can write. And It's called uh, it's for testimonials. You can leave testimonials, and we read them on the show. Uh, and it's called Testies, the Testies channel. Oh yeah, right <laughs> on, our, uh, on our Discord. So I just want to uh, uh, read a testimonial from Megs, who's one of our moderators on Patreon and is always involved in our Discord conversations mm-hmm. in the community. Um, really great person. She wrote, as a late 30s woman who has fertility slash hormone issues galore and struggles with anxiety and depression, I love how these guys normalize the nutty parts of life and the human body. I support this podcast because the world needs a little more empathy and a little more laughter. Thank you for all that you do and for representing those who aren't always represented in the mainstream media. My favorite sick boy is Brian. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I was, I was with you. For
0: most of that, but the la-
2: that last little sentence was yeah, a bit no, weird. Yeah, I just I just been, off. I, I, uh, I do love thinking, how she said "nutty" in in the Tessie's channel. I bet you she did that on purpose. Good one, Meg. Yeah. High five. Um, uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Jeremy. I'm Meredith. And this is Sickly.